So, um, yeah, pretty sparse notes tonight. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Uh, depends on how much you know about uh, the incoming draft class. <laughs> I have been editing the first videos, and then as about like 20 minutes ago, I have been researching in depth on the different golf balls. So I am heavily invested in this episode. Now that we've established, we are completely unprepared. <laughs> Ready to do this? Uh, always. Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. And welcome in to the latest episode of the 2M Football Podcast. With you here, as always, are Mike and Matt. And um, it's another late night here at the studio. It is a late night, though not because of the children this time. This time, it's my own fault for not doing, uh, not finishing my research <laughs> beforehand. I have been doing very important research. So. Very, very important, yes. Still waiting to hear how the uh, golf ball analysis plays into which of these quarterbacks is going to get taken first in the draft. But uh, we'll save have that. Have you not for- noticed that everybody plays golf, whether no matter what sport you play? This is true. This is true. So before you sit there and talk a lot of smack there, bucko. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That was a 100% genuine statement. <laughs> I'm going to smack you, and I don't know when I'm going to stop. Oh, my. <laughs> George Takei, get off the call. All right, focus. Well, Matt, how are you doing? How does this find... Uh, what feels like a summer evening, at least here where I am at, <laughs> treating you. It's too warm. I know, right? It went from too cold to too hot in one day. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> um, I don't know. I had a lot to do inside. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, foreshadowing. Stay tuned, because next week there'll be a special episode dropping. Ooh. With some uh, some upcoming uh, stuff. Uh, being the fact we are a sports podcast, I've actually started to get more involved in actually playing a sport, as you've alluded to. Yeah, what sport is that? It's not football. I don't know <laughs> if my body will handle football, but I have picked up and invested pretty heavily into some golf, some golf gear. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I'm trying to revive my own um, tennis career. <laughs> I feel like if we combine both of our sports somehow, that will uh, that'll make a difference. I don't know how yet. I'm still working out the details. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, I can tell you for a fact, though, I don't think there's as many different types of tennis balls as there is golf balls. So, 
Yeah, it's a bunch of different companies make them, but I think there are some uh, standards that they have to meet. But again, I don't know for sure. You'll hear people complain about um, different, oh, ESPN alert. Is this Aaron Rodgers? No. <laughs> what if that happened live? That'd be incredible. Look at that. The Cubs actually won a game. 14 to 9. That sounds like a football score more than a baseball score. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like someone's getting away over there, but what do I know? Anyway, uh, yeah, it's going to get a little bit punchy here tonight, and just not just because you you want to punch me. <laughs> so it's just today, a normal Tuesday. On today's episode, it is Tuesday, Tuesday, April 11th. We're recording this about 10:30 at night. Uh, it's going to get a little weird. Oh, we these will... are fifty dollars for twelve. Jesus. For twelve golf balls. Or is that not what are you? Is that not what we're looking at? That is no. I'm looking at your notes. I'm not looking at golf balls. I feel like I could find twelve for free on the field next to my house. <laughs> I'll be right like, over. There's a guy who goes out there and just like treats it like his own personal driving range. So there'll be random golf balls. Um, if you're lucky, you find them on the ground, not when they blast you in the face from 200 yards away. <laughs> that would suck. So anyway, on today's show, we're going to go over a couple news items that have taken place in the last few weeks. And then we begin our 2M 2023 NFL draft coverage. Uh, we'll talk about the top. Uh, we'll talk about the draft as a whole and positions um, that are um, deeper or stronger than usual or compared to recent drafts and, and vice versa. Some that are a little bit weaker than we've been treated to uh, in recent years and then go through some of the top prospects at each position, especially quarterback, of course. Of course. And then as you hinted to, um, we will, well, I, I was, we'll hint more towards <laughs> Matt, your, the announcement. But before we get to any of that, let's start get into the news. And uh, starting with this one, that Odell Beckham Jr. has signed a one-year, $18 million contract with the Ravens. I was surprised to see this. Um, so it wasn't the, one, of the, uh, one of the teams on the radar, but, I mean, it does kind of make a little bit of sense. They, I mean, they need receivers. This is true. But the question is, how does this later affect the whole Lamar Jackson situation? Right. That was... Well, that was the second place my mind went um, because of uh, because of the Aaron Rodgers of it all. But but yeah, you got to think that uh, the team wouldn't have signed him if they weren't confident in bringing in Lamar. And from his side, why would he go there if there was any chance he'd be playing with Tyler Huntley? No no offense, Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley, but still. <laughs> And then the news came out that apparently Lamar was actively recruiting him to join the team. And then after he signed the contract, they were partying it up together in Miami or something. So it seems to uh, be a, a sign that Lamar will be back in Baltimore one way or another come the, the well, first it's day interesting of too for at least one more year because Odell just signed a one year deal too. Yeah. So this, I feel like this is like one year for the Ravens to kind of figure this out. Otherwise, like it was a pretty messy offseason this season. I can't imagine them going through this another offseason. Right. 
yeah, at this point, I think they either work it out long term with Lamar or just trade him or let another team sign him. Um, yeah. But this seems to be an indication that uh, he will be back. And of course, that's the question that most rational NFL fans thought of first. But where my mind first went is, what is, does this mean anything for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets? Because if you remember, Odell was apparently part of his leaked wish list to the team. Right. And apparently, he gave the Jets, Odell, that is, gave the Jets a chance to match the, the offer that he got from the Ravens. And they declined to do so. Yeah, it makes it more interesting. It definitely puts that spin. If that wish list is true. Um, right, right. I think you however, said that, but he actually I think denied the more it. I've looked at it, too, I mean, their OC, they got Nathaniel Hackett. They took Alan Lazard. Like, it just, it makes the most sense. Yeah, Odell um, didn't quite fit in with the, the rest of those guys, which were, you know, ex-Packers. I don't think I don't think Rodgers has played with Odell on, in any capacity. So it probably means nothing for that, but um, my mind went there. This one just came through today. The Lions traded their cornerback, Jeff Okuda, who was their third overall draft pick just a couple of years ago, to the Falcons for their fifth round pick this year. Uh, mostly notable because he was a proven player of yours. Seemed to yeah, re- and he started to come into his own. I felt like he was doing, he was he was improving. I felt that he was a good portion of that secondary for for the Lions. And the fact that he was third overall and they only got a fifth-round pick from him says that, uh, I don't know, maybe well, some analytical people know more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't speak much on this. I feel like, um, in general, most of the focus on the Lions the last few years has been on their offense. Um I don't, but yeah, they drafted Okuda. I think was that the same year they traded Darius Slay, who had been there for so long and had been, that still is like one of the top corners in the league. So the, obviously the hope was that Okuda would take over that mantle, and he played a lot as a rookie. I seem to recall. I, I forget if he was your proven player as a rookie or if it was his second year, but he's been um, getting a whole lot of playing time. I guess it's. Wasn't working I mean, out. it's a boon to the Falcons, who have struggled defensively for, totally. I don't know, forever. Since defensive mastermind Dan Quinn left, yeah. Well, here we go with this again. <laughs> I'm let live this down. <laughs> yes, that was kind of interesting. Um, another potential trade that would have far more, far more interesting ramifications is Austin Eckler, Chargers running back has been uh, given permission to seek a trade from the Chargers. I don't know how you even contemplate letting him go. I don't know what they did to him, but <laughs> he was a staple for that offense. He, yeah, as a runner and as a pass catcher. I mean, so many mock fantasy drafts have him, in terms of running back, him going one and CMC going two. Yeah, because he almost took on um, that type of a workload where he was almost uh, arguably one of their top targets in the passing game last year. I feel like I remember this very um, 
very well because I feel like I was always against him in fantasy when at watching the game somehow, and he was just getting every single target. Like, I throw it to a receiver, Herbert. Yeah, I took him. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe that's why I was extra mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm gonna look something up uh, just Uh-oh. for fun. Don't Keep do it. it. It's gonna make you mad. Keep talking. Uh, so the latest, well, Mike's looking that up. Let's look at the latest with Aaron Rodgers since Mike can't go. No, hold on. This, so is, this, is still about, this is still about Eckler, so don't change the subject. Say, say something about Eckler. Uh, I, I, was, I was so happy on his team. Very slow out of the gate. But once I threatened to trade him, I think he got the memo and he started to pick it up. I mean, great hands, uh, a staple, a good safety valve for Justin Herbert. I don't know where he would go to where he would make the most sense um, to where he's only 27 years old still. Okay. Anyway, thank you for filling time. I've got my stat now and oh, it just, God. and I, yeah, I'm mad because it confirms my worst fear. He led the team in targets last year. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's ridiculous by, by a pretty wide margin too. But you got to remember Williams and, uh, uh, Oh, yeah, yes, we're, we're, we're banged up in this time. So the workload kind of did fall on Eckler. He had 35 more catches than their, their number two receiver, which wasn't Allen or Williams. It was Josh Palmer. Jesus. <laughs> what does that tell you on how that offense was playing? Stupid. That's what it tells me. <laughs> it also tells me they shouldn't trade him. <laughs> We think that, but clearly someone else uh, has a different opinion. Yeah. Anyway, I, I feel like a lot of teams could really benefit from bringing him in. He's only 27, like I said. Still got like, you know, that magic number of 30, that magic number of age 30, you know, where the wheels fall off, allegedly, for most running backs. He's still got three years before that, even. Very interesting. Um, and then, yes, let's go on. Let's move on to the Aaron Rodgers latest. There's really not much to report here besides that the trade still hasn't happened. <laughs> there apparently Packers and Jets are still working out traffic compensation. Um, but the Jets GM quote, was quoted saying he's going to be here when asked about Rodgers. And then I saw some speculation that the trade could even happen on the first night of the draft. Remember, we saw a couple big trades go down um, last year in the first round, which is not something I can remember seeing really before. <clears throat> yeah, last year we had um, A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown both switch being traded um, in the first in the first round. Right. Yeah, those were those were massive trades because again i blew up because i didn't even realize that those were options on the trading block and there was green bay like now we're good we don't we don't we don't need to ask these questions right we don't need receivers right and if you had to pick something that would have been an upset during the trade night it would have been the bears trade into carolina for the number one pick but that's already happened so i feel like this would be one of the few shockers that could happen on draft night um I wonder if this is all part of that sort of cloak and dagger effect, though. Yeah. 
like they have it hashed out, but they're not going to announce until the night of the draft so that nobody, nobody else can get whatever goods they're kind of swapping around. Yeah, it could be, could be. I'm still just so curious what they could even, what they're going to get, what the Packers will get for him. Because it seems like the Jets don't want to give up their first round pick, which is uh, 13th overall, I believe. But the Packers are going to look really bad if they don't get at least a first round pick for their, you know, four time MVP Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, unless it's a slew of second and third with conditional firsts. That's the only way. If they don't want to give up this year's first, it's got to be, what would that be, 2024, 2025? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're for, like, it would have to be enough. Yeah, to make it worth it for Green Bay. Well, not to mention, if the Jets are going to go in, it's like, you know, how well does this work? I mean, on paper and what Green Bay and what he's done, Rodgers is great but he's going to be entering into a brand new system. He's going to be entering into a a whole new wide receiver core with no familiarity. Well, not, any if, he of has, them. not if he has his way. He's already got Lazard there. Um, but yeah, point taken. I agree. It's uh, never a guarantee. And the AFC is way more competitive than the NFC in recent years. Just a lot more of the top teams in the league seem to be in that conference. Even within that division with the, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills. A potentially, um, you know, ascending Dolphins team with Tua. It's all very interesting. I still think it happens before the draft so that they work out the compensation and everyone knows what's happening, but... We are just two weeks away, and uh, nothing's happened yet, so could go down to the wire. We wait with bated breath. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the draft. Okay, I'm back, and hopefully sound marginally less congested. <laughs> right? oh, oh, is somebody getting sick? No, actually, it's not sick. It's just allergies, I swear. (laughs) That's why I stayed inside today. That's why I stay inside every day. Except tomorrow. Tomorrow's golf practice, so go inside tomorrow. You know, there are places you can go and do that virtually so that you can still be inside and just pretend to be outside. It doesn't work as well as you think. Not to mention, it's like 30 bucks an hour. Oh, I know. I tried one of those places once as part of like a corporate happy hour, like back in the before days when I actually saw my coworkers in person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was very difficult. Or maybe that could have also been because of the uh, the beverages being served. But who could say? Well, that makes golf better. Who could say for sure? Yeah, what could go wrong? A bunch of inebriated guys with giant metal weapons. <laughs> Anyway, we're back. And um, let's turn our attention now to the prospects in this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. All right. We are totally prepared. We are somewhat prepared. I should have taken that break to uh, do a little bit, cram a little bit more research. But um, 
we're going to do that part live. So that is not our MO. <laughs> Don't change what we're about. You're right. You know, you know why the people come to this podcast? It's for our analysis that is based on nothing but vibes. <laughs> hey, when we said real football by real fans, we never claimed the word professional in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that is very true. Real fans. How how smart is your average NFL fan? I mean, throwing that out there. (laughs) It's typically the person covered in Cheetos and nachos thinking that they can call plays and adjust defenses when the last time they played football was in middle school and it was with flags. Oh, good. So I am the average fan. Thank you for confirming that. (laughs) Hey, I just gave the description. You're the one who, who answered the question. Okay, so um yeah so just looking at the prospects in this draft as a whole uh the positions that are it's a good year to draft is quarterback which is always exciting unlike last year's class where only uh, um Pickett went in the first round and he was a late first rounder at that who wasn't even a week one starter uh backing up Mitch Trubisky of all people <laughs> unlike that there are several several prospects in this year's draft class that do project to be week one starters a couple potential franchise quarterbacks um, down the line. So exciting year for QBs. Also, edge rusher is strong. I feel like, as usual, I feel like you always see a bunch of edge rushers go and very few of them ever amount to anything. But apparently it's another strong draft class for them. Uh, Offensive tackle, cornerback, running back. And defensive line are all deep positions with a lot of uh, very high-quality players. On the flip side, the shallower positions this year, is one of them is wide receiver, which is, again, flipping the script a little bit. We've had some unbelievable rookie receivers come through the last couple years. Guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, um, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case this time around. Only one or two wide receivers have been um, graded out as first-round talents by by scouts who know a lot more than we do. Let's just say that. Well, they think they do. <laughs> they ha- they do have the advantage over us of having seen these guys play. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's – I mean, as we've discussed, and you sent me that hilarious video um, – Somewhat recently, I don't know, but but the gist was that the experts get it wrong just as much as we do. But also apparently uh, weak positions in this draft are interior offensive lines, so your guards and centers, safety and linebacker. So that being said, let's discuss some names, and we're of course going to start with quarterback, where um. I don't know if these are necessarily in the order of that they're expected to be drafted. Um, uh, I don't think so. I don't think you did. Okay, well, do you have an order you would like to propose? Uh, well, I'm very partial to one of them, so no. You're a little biased, so therefore your opinion is irrelevant. Correct. <laughs> Let's go no, based let's just on, on the line here. All right. Bryce Young, then. Bryce Young from Alabama. Oh, so, Alabama. 
after uh, a year as Mac Jones backup, uh, Bryce Young has been the starter in Alabama the past two seasons. He won the Heisman Trophy in 2021, which was his first year as the full-time starter, uh, with some just incredible numbers, uh, 4,800 passing yards, 47 touchdown passes that season. And just looking at some of his um, strengths, he has a really good, calm, on-field presence. Uh, Bryce Young does a good job of reading the whole field, and, and he can spread the ball around to all his receivers. And he definitely likes to pass, which means he typically fits that West Coast type of offense. Partner that with a good run game, and you have a pretty dangerous uh, person going on here. Yeah, totally. You're not going to see him targeting his running back more than anyone else on the team. Uh. <laughs> um, he's good at moving defenders with his eyes, which is a very, you know, kind of veteran QB kind of ability of looking off the safety, then then throwing back that direction in, in you know, creating a one-on-one situation for his receivers. Uh, he has a quick throwing motion and is very calm under pressure. Good improvisational skills as well when a play breaks down. Uh, and, and he can do that with either his legs running the ball or, or his arm make a big play rolling out of the pocket. Uh, and he's, he's already shown in like a just two years as a starter, a, a, a um, tendency to be very good in fourth quarter um, drives or, or big drives in a game. Uh, he's got a strong mentality in those types of situations. Okay. Uh, some of his weaknesses, or as we call them in the, the business world, opportunities for improvement. <laughs> uh, not much you can do about this first one, actually, but. Scouts are a little concerned about his size. He has a relatively small build at just five foot ten and two hundred and four pounds, uh, which he's going to have to take, you know, a twenty yard drop back to see over his six foot four <laughs> lineman. But you know, that's fine. <laughs> right, which has concerns for his, you know, vision, being able to see the whole field, and then durability as well. Um, but this is going to come back in, in probably about thirty seconds here with his NFL comparison. Ooh. He also doesn't have the strongest arm. Uh, deep throws tend to tail off a little bit. But that, I mean, that's about it. He's This guy seems like a pretty sure, pretty solid um, bet, pretty sure thing. And his NFL comparison from NFL.com is Drew Brees. And I remember people always saying the same thing about him. Was You know, he's shorter guy. He's like under six feet, I think. And uh, so I can see it there, but... Just watching this guy play, which I, these first two guys, I did watch some highlights. And uh, I mean, Bryce Young can move more than I ever remember Drew Brees in his entire career. <laughs> he was yeah, never, but Brees was, was very, very accurate, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know uh, if I agree so with this comparison. What team, if you were to pick, do you think would be taking this young man? at quarterback uh well to me i think he is probably the top qb prospect and uh carolina now have the number one pick so uh, so i guess i would put him on the panthers or what were you thinking i i'm looking at either the colts or the commanders as potentially good deals 
mm-hmm. given the fact that for whatever happened last year in Indianapolis with the offensive line, this is a quarterback that seems to be able to to scramble and get out of situations quickly, and that's going to what Indianapolis needs, unless the offensive line miraculously bounces back, and then you're playing behind one of the best in the league from a couple of years ago. Right, yeah. Um, in that case, he has the time to kind of drop back a little bit more to get a field and get a rhythm going. Uh, good running backs. The defense was decent, so I feel like that's a good situation. Here's a question for you. What NFL team has the shortest average offensive lineman height? <laughs> that's the, team. the Colts. I don't know. I don't know the answer. But that's the team. Why that's the hell would you ask a question and not have the answer? <laughs> How would you even research that? That would take forever. <laughs> I feel like you could do this thing just called Google it, but. All right, see if you can. You try Googling it. I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, next guy on my list here is Will Levis. Is that how you pronounce that? It's not Levi's, right? <laughs> Will Levis from it Kentucky. <laughs> Mr. Levi's. Um, transferred to Kentucky after uh, two years at Penn State where he didn't get much of a chance to play. And he started all he started every game in 2021, throwing for 2,800 yards and 24 passing touchdowns. Uh, and he also led the team in rushing with nine scores on the ground and another 400 yards rushing. But I really think the first thing and maybe the only thing you need to know about this guy is that he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. That's disgusting. All right, he's gonna he's going to the Texans. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have believed it except I saw a video and I was very disturbed. And so was everybody you could hear watching it, like all the, you know, reporters or whoever was <laughs> doing this interview with him. Everyone was just like, that's oh, supposed oh, to be oh. like how tough you are, like. No, I don't know. I think it's he uses instead of a creamer, he uses mayo. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but besides that, if you can look past that, there are a lot of some good things about his game. I don't care about his game. He's a human <laughs> being. He deserves to not be there. Um, he has a quick release, good arm strength and velocity on his passes. Uh, this is another program where that's running sort of a pro-style offense right now, so he has experience with that over the past two seasons. Um, and as you can see, the stats back this up that he's a, a very willing and capable runner with the football as well uh he does have a tendency okay so what if austin Eckler gets traded that oh. team should draft this guy because he has the tendency to dump it off short and this is from pff almost almost a quarter of his passes almost 25 percent of his passes last year were thrown behind the line of scrimmage send him to san francisco they love him yeah. yeah, I mean, they got McCaffrey now. You were just making that comparison. That, that works. It's pretty mind-blowing. One out of every four passes thrown behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's a reason, like, things like yards after catch and stuff exist because that's kind of what you do. You kind of, you know what they tell, they tell quarterbacks this all the time. Put it in the hands of the playmakers and let them go make the plays. That's true, and that's a very San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan way of uh, thinking about that, the quarterback position and, and what they're supposed to do. Um, and, I mean, and I can't really talk much smack. I, I know 
I ran the when I, in my Madden playing days. I did wide receiver screen like every third play because it just works so well. <laughs> so the only sorry, this is an interjection. So the only thing about height for the NFL that I can find okay. is a team wide comparison. Hmm. Okay. Well. All right. What's the shortest team in the NFL? I'm, I'm interested. Well, okay, so I'm just going to throw this number out. The difference between the tallest and the shortest shortest team is less than an inch. Oh. 0.8 of an inch. (laughs) That's all that separates the tallest team from the shortest team. Okay. Take a guess who the tallest team is. Um, Packers? Well, okay. You got the right division. Vikings? Yes. Yeah, they grow them big up north. <laughs> the shortest team is the Patriots. Interesting. And was um, Matt Patricia measured as part of that? <laughs> well, I was going to make a comment about the difference between the heaviest and lightest team in the NFL is actually eight pounds that separates the two. <laughs> See, this is the kind of hard-hitting analysis you don't get on most uh, football podcasts. Hell no. The heaviest team in the league is actually the 49ers. Interesting. But the lightest team being the Falcons, with a difference of eight pounds. (laughs) There you have it. That's why the 49ers always have such a good ground game. They got that beef. Falcons don't. Hell yeah. It, it, It clearly makes a difference. Anyway, thank you for that research, Matt. Uh, back to Mr. Levi's. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Mr. Jeans. He struggles against at times, uh, can't find a rhythm as a passer, or, or sometimes takes him a while to find it within a game, uh, and has some accuracy and ball placement issues. And with all that being said, his NFL comp, and I love this one, is Jay Cutler. Which uh, makes me want to root for him right away. Or at least it would, if not for the mayo in his coffee. And it's funny how Cutler got such a bad rap, but for the Bears, he was the most stable quarterback in, what, the past 15-plus years? Oh, he, I think, you know, pending Justin Fields' development, Jay Cutler is the best quarterback I've seen the Bears have in, in my lifetime. <laughs> so, like... Other than his media presence, Cutler yeah. set all the records for for Chicago. He just wasn't well-liked. Yeah. So don't put mayo in your coffee, and maybe the media will like you a little bit more. I'm going to let you talk about this next guy, Matt. Oh, C.J. Stroud from the Ohio State. Uh, he backed up Fields in 2020 and took the reins after Fields went to Chicago. Um, he won a uh, Player of the Year award in the Big Ten Conference in 2021. He was the Heisman finalist. And his stats are NFL-worthy, at least for the 2022 season, with 3,600 passing yards, uh, 41 touchdowns, six interceptions. So uh, that's what not jumped bad at all. Just six picks the whole season. That's uh, That's a nice number. There are some quarterbacks that throw that in a, you know, in a week. A single game, yeah. Like the aforementioned uh, Hey, come on. Why do we got to always bring Winston into it? <laughs> Didn't Cutler throw four interceptions to the same player in a game? 
Probably. Keep talking. Um, what I've noticed is his strengths is he's got his accuracy, especially in the deep ball. Um, he he has a tendency to put it where his only his receivers can get it, which is exactly what you want from a from a let it sling type player. There are several highlights of him thrown to the back corner of the end zone, and you know where the defender, you know, you could be draped all over him, but it's the perfect thing, which leads to the strong arm, right? So that's sort of Josh Allen. I'll say I'll make up for it. Brett Favre gunslinging type arm. <laughs> See, brought you back into it. Wow, thank you but, for doing that so I didn't have to this this episode. Um, I brought Winston and Favre into it, so that cancels each other out. <laughs> but he's not just a gunslinger. He can extend plays with his legs. He's shown tremendous athleticism to be able to, you know, move out of the pocket and get on there. And in the process is going through his progressions, which is critical. That's where most quarterbacks struggle. Um, is the speed of the NFL. So can you make it through your progressions fast enough before the rush gets to you? Uh, I like how you call them business opportunities. Yes. <laughs> um, sometimes the te- technique isn't the best, especially when throwing on the run. But when you throw on the run, it kind of throws, you know, everything out the window. I'm going to take the perfect example of this, of Patrick Mahomes. Think about Every which way he's thrown the ball that most people would tell you, you will never, ever do that. You cannot do that. But at the end of the day, I think it all boils down to if it works, it works. Um, CJ Stroud is the next Patrick Mahomes. You heard it here first. That's not what was said. That was that comparison. Uh, struggles to, he does struggle to read and account for safeties and move them with his eyes, which can be very problematic. Uh, especially if he tends to lock on, which I have seen him do a few times where he has locked on the receivers. And thankfully he got away with like some deflected passes as opposed to INTs, but the NFL, they will not be as lenient on those, Um, which leads kind of into the final point was he doesn't always move on from the primary target. He kind of locks on the safeties can read that a mile away is almost like a pre-snap read. And it makes it that much harder. fits into, into a tighter window. The NFL comparison was Jared Goff. And I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know either because I feel like we've seen a couple different versions of Jared Goff already. And just the whatever, four or five years he's been in the league. Is, or is Are they talking about, um, you know, first year with McVay, Jared Goff, who was setting the world on fire? Or like. Oh past year in Detroit right where he's been like pretty solid again or like the the middle couple years where he looked completely incompetent and got himself traded so yeah it's a weird one I don't know what to what to read into that comparison let's see what would I put him as that would be a better comparison without like I don't know. I don't know if a Derek, well, because Carr doesn't really move. Yeah, that's true. Not outside the pocket. I want to say his arm reminded me a little bit more of Josh Allen, where it was like it was deep, but Allen struggled with accuracy his first couple mm-hmm. of years. Right. Um, and I think you could see some of that playing into a factor because, again, the NFL just moves differently. 
look at how many people are rated, you know, number one picks or first round picks and two, maybe three have decent careers. You'll get maybe one out of 32. That's a superstar. Maybe one out of 64, you know, out of the first couple of rounds. Mm-hmm. It truly jumps off the page. Most of these guys have careers that they just never hear. You don't know who they are. They just kind of float through 10 years of the season, and that's kind of it. But I would put, where would I put C.J. Stroud on a team? I would be opposed to him going to maybe the Raiders or the mm-hmm. Saints. Yeah, that's interesting. Raiders are interesting. I don't know. We'll do our uh, mock, our official mock draft in a, a couple of weeks. And we'll try to do even more of the legwork of matching these guys up with teams that fit. Um, but there are, that's the fun thing is there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. You know, the Texans are going to be taking one of these guys most likely. I don't want to see CJ Shroud go to the Texans. I, I feel bad for whoever goes there. Yeah. It's going to be this Anthony Richardson. Yeah, good good segue. Uh, so this is the last guy of kind of the big four that I, I think are expected to be first-rounders. And I'd say there is a bit of a drop-off here um, because Richardson is more of a project player, I would say. He didn't. He wasn't even a starter in, in Florida until last year, 2022. Oh, no, where, this gives me Mitch Trubisky vibes. <laughs> Where he had 2,500 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, nine picks, um, another nine touchdowns rushing, and 650 more yards on the ground as well. Uh, this guy's a true dual threat quarterback. He can do things that a uh, few others are capable of at the position. Uh, he's big, strong, and fast. Makes big plays through the air and the ground on the ground. He's got a big arm and uh, good pocket awareness. He knows when to uh, when to hold him and when to fold him, and when to run. Most importantly, but uh, yeah, some issues that he's got: very inconsistent mechanics and um, sometimes poor footwork, which all leads to issues with his accuracy. He also can struggle to anticipate holes in zone coverage. Um, and sometimes tries a little bit too hard to make a play and, and sort of needs to be coached, learn when it's okay to take a sack instead of throwing a ball up for grabs or, or just trying desperately to make something happen. And his NFL comparison, I would actually say, is the most favorable of, of any that these guys got from, from NFL.com. Well, I guess for Breeze is better. But Cam Newton was uh, Richardson's. NFL player comparison. I mean, given that analysis, it sounds like it would be more along the lines of uh, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Inconsistent mechanics and poor footwork. Needs to learn when it's, well, Russell Wilson was the most sacked quarterback or tied for the most sacked quarterback in 2022. I was going to say that, and that's partially because he, he could no longer run. <laughs> Does not have the athleticism. However, that. like, he's got... Arm strength, pocket awareness. He can make big plays as a passer and a runner. Those are Russell Wilson. Can he? Those are Seattle Russell Wilson, <laughs> not Denver. I don't well, think. I mean, we're not exactly saying this just is Cam Newton. Are we talking like Patriots Cam Newton? 
Wow, I forgot he played for the Patriots. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah, exciting prospect, but more of a project than the other guys. And and probably I, I feel don't... like this is a quarterback that would be good for a rebuild team. And I know we just made fun of him, but the Texans isn't a bad choice if you're rebuilding. Um because most of these other teams seem to have like cores built around them. I feel like the Texans have been like, they just have so many roster problems right now. It's not even fun. Yeah. They've got, they're pretty much starting from scratch. So I feel like if you're going to build like literally the basics for the entire team, this is where you start. I would hate to see somebody who's like ready to start go to a team that's in the complete rebuild. <clears throat> that's true and he can run and throw he's gonna have to do it all himself on that team so it works out Sorry, all right Richardson. We sp- yeah <laughs> uh we're gonna take one more short break and come back and uh quickly touch on uh, top players prospects at the, at the other nfl positions because if you thought we knew it all here oh man wait till you hear the rest of this there's no more analysis forthcoming, just reading names. <laughs> First, I gotta write them down, this will give me like 30 more seconds. <laughs> and we're back, and just like magic, the document, the show notes are populated with, <laughs> with names. <laughs> oh, you know how I sometimes do that thing where I like <laughs> put, a, put a made up person on the notes? And <laughs> oh my god, did you do you. this? I should have. I mean, see, I wasn't paying attention. See if you could guess if any of these guys are made up. <laughs> All right, so we talked about quarterbacks um, in some detail. We're just going to go position by position and talk about um, if there's anyone of note or, or who the top prospect is at each position. Um, in no particular order, because I just did this in uh, offense and then defense. So this isn't like a projected draft order or anything like that, but just going through the offensive positions. Uh, we see running back getting more and more devalued, or I guess you could say less and less valued um, all the time, but the most exciting running back prospect in this year's draft is Bijan Robinson out of Texas. And uh, I know on this dynasty fantasy football podcast I listen to, they have been talking about this guy for like six months about like what team he's going to end up on and how excited they are about him. So I'm guessing he's going to be the real deal wherever he goes. So he's probably the one running back that I could see sneaking into the back of the first round, like a Clyde Edwards Alaire did a couple years ago. Um, And then at wide receiver, like I said before, not a lot of, um, guys who are expected to be superstars here, but the top receiver prospect is probably Quentin Johnson out of TCU. And yeah, then... well, the Quentin Tarantino, it turns out. <laughs> did we verify that? I did. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And then you've also got Zay Cutting Flowers. Out research going on over here. <laughs> Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Um, on the offensive line, you've got Paris Johnson, Junior from the Ohio State. And then um, 
you got Peter Scrawnyneck, who I can only assume is related to Ben from the uh, the Rams. The only thing I can say on uh, Paris Johnson Jr. is he has to watch his hands. He gets very handsy when when handling the linemen. And of course, in the NFL, the joke is there's holding on every play. But you cannot make it blatantly as obvious as a couple of times he has done. Yeah, that's uh, getting handsy with the linemen is uh, not as accepted as it used to be. I will hang this call. <laughs> Number of notable edge rushers: uh, Will Anderson from Alabama, Tyree Johnson uh, from Texas, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, who I am officially naming the Van Ness Monster, and then Dolan Smith from Georgia. Always seem to have a good defense uh, there down in Georgia, except for the guys the Packers drafted last year. <laughs> But you mean I can't tackle the training staff from the opposing team when they're coming out to check on an injured player? I mean, <laughs> no one said I couldn't. Um, on the defensive line, you've got Jalen Carter from Georgia and then Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Um, both highly, very highly rated, expected to be first rounders, I think. And then several defensive backs, uh, mostly corners. There's Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. You don't see too many guys from Illinois that are um, getting talked about as a uh, prospect. Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, who I'm assuming is uh, the son of Joey Porter Sr., who was a uh, Steelers player. Oh, I thought. I thought you were just going to end it as he's related to Joey Porter Sr., and I was about to physically smack you through the phone. Because I thought that's where that was going to end, but I'm very thankful that it didn't just end there. <laughs> no, the reason I was uh, I'm just always fascinated by this, that there, we're seeing the children of players that we remember seeing. <laughs> Enter the league now, like we saw a couple. Well, and they come in with like that chip on their shoulder too, right? Especially <clears> if their dad was like a very notable player. Right, like we had then like, it, yeah, go ahead, sir. Um, like like Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know when they when your children finally come in and play, and then they make it to the NFL, it's like, oh, your dad. This like all the coaches are gonna be like, oh yeah, I remember playing against your dad. He was a nightmare, and it's like, shut <laughs> up, I'm here now. Right, like last year we had a Joe Horn's kid, J.C. Horn, uh, drafted in the first round, I think, by Carolina. And then there was someone on Denver, too. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Anything. There are more and more things these days that just make me realize, like, damn, we old. <laughs> <laughs> or people are just very uneventful in naming their offspring. Um, as someone who named his kid <laughs> Junior, I take offense to that. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, Cam Smith out of South Carolina, and then Brian Branch, uh, the one safety on this list uh, from Alabama, is also not related to Dion Branch. <laughs> Thank you. I can't confirm that, but you know, I just, I'm just making an assumption at this point. Any relation to the character Branch from the Trolls movies? Yes. 
<laughs> second cousin twice removed. Okay, good. So, so this guy's basically a Smurf or whatever. That's yes. So what, you, so what do you think? Any of those guys seem fake to you? Do you think I made anybody up? I don't think you had time to make anybody up. No, you're right. Those are all legitimate um, people. Yeah, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, and I confirmed that his his dad, Joey Porter Sr., was a linebacker for the Steelers. That's what I thought. And now that we've, we're done making fun of people who are going to make way more money than we will. <laughs> yeah. Make more money on draft night than I will in a lifetime. Just from being drafted in the first round. Uh, anyway. Anything else you want to talk about, Matt? Before we get into the... Our little next time on segment. <laughs> that's that's a segment now? I mean, no, it's not a segment. It's the outro. No, not really. I don't think so. Was this a cue for something? I didn't prepare. No, no, nothing. Okay, thank you. Just, just do you want to tease your announcement at all? I know I'll be, you know, I haven't listened to it yet myself. So I, should I even listen to it? Or should I just release it and be surprised with everyone else? Did you swear? Well, it? <laughs> I don't think so. Anything you want to tease about that? So, so this episode, um, I'll edit tonight and drop, you know, Wednesday or Thursday. The we'll only see. thing I'll say is I'm going to hint at sort of one. Uh, how do I do it without giving too much away? So there's a few of you guys, you know who you are, who were with us at the very early days of YouTube. And that's Me? kind of what we're getting back to in a sense. You're still going to hear us here wherever you get your favorite podcasts on. So this part isn't going away. But the weird change that I'm going to say that's the most confusing is this podcast is like a sub-department of a mother company that we're calling 2M Entertainment. Because what we're doing, we're launching a bunch of other stuff to kind of bring you guys more content and more opportunities to interact and kind of make it more of a community as the 2M Nation continues to grow. Um, which I'm very happy that that's sort of the moniker we've given our listeners because oh, I, I had nothing prepared. <laughs> for like like right. all the other shows or things that I listen to, like have a cool little catchy, like I'm a big tabletop gaming fan. I really like Critical Role. And so the nickname for their fan base was the Critters, right? Like it's a, <laughs> it's a play on names. Right. <clears throat> like for us, like, I think you coined 2M Nation, to be completely honest. I mean, yeah, it started out as a joke, but it's like, you know, I kind of like that. <laughs> and I think, like, it's 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 great that that's kind of what we what we see it as. Last time I checked statistics-wise, we are in the top 50% of podcasts. Woohoo! <laughs> um, don't get too excited there, Mike. Wait, I did want to go back to something you said. 2M Enterprises... Does this mean you're greenlighting my 2M football, but with Soccer Balls podcast? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> if you anyway. want all the extra work, I mean, the big thing here is, is like the way the work gets divvied up is I basically handle everything else other than this podcast. I don't even, I legitimately don't even know what you're up to a lot of the times, which is exciting and terrifying. <laughs> It's been a lifetime of great ideas, terrible execution. Um, but as Mike knows, I did 
put in a good amount of work today in the first segment of a series that will be coming out. Very excited. So thank you for teasing that. Um, so yeah, you'll hear that, the, the full announcement uh, next week. And uh, the week after that, it'll be the week of the draft. So we're going to do our own, our very own 2M mock draft. See if we can, I feel like I've said this so many times in the last, you know, 10 months and it hasn't materialized, but maybe we'll have a guest star and <laughs> do, a mock draft, do a mock draft with us. We won't. I uh, just got to wait till one of my kids is old enough and paying attention to this stuff because they, they, they can't say no. <laughs> Like, Junior, I don't have any friends, so I need you to do this with me. But, you know, besides Matt. <laughs> that's so depressing, but I also feel like that's hashtag relatable. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it for us um, today. Thank you again for listening, and uh, stay tuned. See everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.